BestBookBits.com presents Walden, or Life in the Woods by Henry David Thoreau. Published back in 1854 and weighing in at 352 pages. By virtue of its casual, off-handedly brilliant wisdom and the easy splendor of its nature writing, Thoreau's account of his two-year adventure in a self-reliance admits woodland in a cabin he built near Woodland Pond near Concord, Massachusetts is one of the signposts by which the modern mind has located itself in an increasingly bewildering world. The work is part personal declaration of independence, social experiment, voyage of spiritual discovery, and manual for self-reliance. Isolate himself from society to gain a more objective understanding of it. Simple living and self-sufficiency were Thoreau's other goals. The written summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of Walden. We commonly do not remember that it is, after all, always the first person that is speaking. I should not talk so much about myself if there were anybody else whom I knew as well. I see young men, my townsmen, whose misfortune it is to have inherited farms, houses, barns, then got rid of. Better if they had been born in open pasture and suckled by a wolf that they might have seen with clearer eyes what field they were called to labor in. Most men, even in this contemporarily free country, though mere ignorance and mistake, are so occupied with the factitious cares and superficial coarse labors of life that its finer fruits cannot be plucked by them. The finer qualities of our nature, like the bloom of fruits, can be preserved only by the most delicate handling. Yet we do not treat ourselves nor one another thus tenderly. See how he cowers and sneaks, how vaguely all the day he fears, not being immortal nor divine, but the slave and prisoner of his own opinion of himself. A fame won by his own deeds. Public opinion is a weak tyrant compared with our own private opinion. What a man thinks of himself, that it is which determines or rather indicates his fate. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation is confirmed desperation. It is never too late to give up our prejudices. No way of thinking or doing, however ancient, can be trusted without proof. I have lived some 30 years on this planet, and I have yet to hear the first syllable of valuable or even earnest advice from my seniors. Could a great miracle take place then for us to look through each other's eyes for an instant? To know that we know what we know, and that we do not know what we do not know, that is true knowledge. Man has invented not only houses, but clothes and cooked food, and possibly from the accidental discovery of the warmth of fire, and the consequent use of it, at first a luxury, arose the present necessity to sit by it. So we are told the new Hollander goes naked with impunity, while the European shivers in his clothes. Is it impossible to combine the hardness of the savages with the intellectualness of the civilized man? According to Liebig, man's body is a stove, and the food the fuel which keeps up the internal combustion in the lungs. In cold weather, we eat more. In warm, less. Most of the luxuries and many so-called comforts of life are not only indispensable, but positive hindrances 
to the elevation of mankind. There are nowadays professors of philosophy, but not philosophers. Yet it is admirable to profess because it was once admirable to live. To be a philosopher is not merely to have subtle thoughts, not even found a school, but so to love wisdom as to live according to its dictates. A life of simplicity, independence, magnanimity, and trust. It is to solve some of the problems of life, not only theoretically, but practically. When he has obtained those things which are necessary to life, there is another alternative than to obtain the superficials, and that is to adventure on life now. His vacation from humbler toil having commenced. Yet not the less in my case did I think it worth my while to weave them, and instead of studying how to make it worth men's while to buy my baskets, I studied rather how to avoid the necessity of selling them. The life which men praise and regard as successful is but one kind. Why should we exaggerate any one kind at the expense of the others? All men want not something to do with, but something to do, or rather something to be. In the long run, men hit only what they aim at. Therefore, though they should fail immediately, they had better aim at something high. I never in all my walks came across a man engaged in so simple and natural an occupation as building his house. Thoreau's description of home building make me want to build my own cabin at some point. How could use better learn to live than by at once trying the experiment of living? Which would have advanced the most at the end of a month? The boy who had made his own jackknife from the ore which he had dug and smelted, reading as much as would be necessary for this, or the boy who attended the lectures on meteorology at the institution in the meanwhile and had received a Rogers penknife from his father. This spending of the best part of one's earning money in order to enjoy a questionable liberty during the least valuable part of it remains me of the Englishman, who went to India to make a fortune first in order that he might return to England and live the life of a poet. For more than five years, I maintained myself thus solely by the labor of my hands, and I found that by working about six weeks in a year, I could meet all the expenses of living. And then I let it lie, fellow perchance, for a man is rich in proportion to the number of things which he can afford to let alone. A man is rich in proportion to the number of things which he can afford to let alone. We must learn to reawaken and keep ourselves awake, not by mechanical aids, but by the infinite expectation of the dawn, which does not forsaken us in our soundest sleep. I know of no more encouraging fact than the unquestionable ability of man to alleviate his life by a conscious endeavor. I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life, and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. Why should we live with such hurry and waste of life? We are determined to be starved before we are hungry. Time is but the stream I go a-fishing in. I drink at it. But while I drink, I see the sandy bottom and detect how shallow it is. Its thin current slides away, but eternity remains. Society is commonly too cheap. We meet at very short intervals, not having had time to acquire any new value for each other. 
you want room for your thoughts to get into sailing trim and run a course or two before they make their port. Young man who had ceased to be young and had conducted that it was safest to follow the beaten track of the professions. If he is surrounded by the monumentous circumstances, an Achillean shore whose peak overshadowed and are reflected in his bosom, they suggest a corresponding depth in him. But a low and smooth shore proves him shallow on that side. If we lived in the present always and took advantage of every accident that befell us, like the grass which confesses the influence of the slightest dew that falls on it, and did not spend our time in atoning for the neglect of past opportunities, which we call doing our duty, we loiter in winter while it is already spring. The surface on earth is soft and impenetrable by the feet of men. And so with the paths which the mind travels, how worn and dusty then must be the highways of the world, how deep the ruts of tradition and conformity. I learn this, at least by my experiment, that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with success unexpected in common hours. However mean your life is, meet it and live it. Do not shun it and call it hard names. It is not so bad as you are. It looks poorest when you are the richest. The fault finder will find faults even in paradise. Love your life, poor as it is. You may perhaps have some pleasant, thrilling, glorious hours even in a poor house. Only that day dawns to which we are awake. There is more day to dawn. The sun is but a morning star. And that's a wrap on Walden by Henry David Thoreau. Subscribe to our channel and take a look at the hundreds of book summaries uploaded previously. To find hundreds of written summaries, check out our website, bestbookbits.com. And for hundreds of audio podcast summaries, find us on Mixcloud forward slash bestbookbits. Like and share if you got something from this summary and comment on what one thing stood out for you. Thanks for watching and have yourself an amazing day.